You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, it's been several, I say weeks, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, Josh was here preaching, and I was in my seat taking notes, and I was receiving the Word and being ministered to, and in his message to us, as, as he was passing, he said, you know, many churches are still closed down because of this COVID mess, and they're not open yet. Oh, my goodness, seriously? And then he said, and I, this was just kind of in passing, but he said, you know, maybe a lot of those churches shouldn't open. They weren't doing anything anyway. Wow. I don't know, it just hit me. The Holy Spirit, when I hear the word, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you're taking notes and a a word goes off inside you and, you know, oh, the church is essential, the church is essential, we believe it. Well, is it? Is it? Are we, as members of this church, are we making this church essential? And I hadn't gotten those words from Josh out of my head and and begin to write and write and write. The title of today's message is The Essential Church. The Essential Church. And the question that I'm asking us today is, are we making church essential? Is this church, our church, are we doing our part in making this church essential? Because the church is to play an essential role in everyday life. The church is to play a role seven days a week. The church is to play a role in my life. Terry and I were married just a few years. We had an infant daughter at that time. And she wakes me up in the middle of the night. Our house is on fire. The roof is ablaze, burning the roof off of our house. We grab our daughter and just get outside. I mean, that's, and that's all we had standing there looking at this house burning. The fire department comes and in the middle of the night, fire truck after fire truck dumping tons of water on our house. They got the fire out, but you can imagine the smoke damage. The, the water was just a foot deep all through the house, the black in the rest of the house. That was in the middle of the night. Daylight the next morning. I don't, I didn't call in. I don't know who called who. Daylight the next morning, truck after truck after truck started pulling up in front of our house, full of men getting out with their tools and just went to work. Women started showing up and taking all of our clothes out of the house, taking them to their homes and washing them, drying them, ironing them, getting them ready to bring back kids just showing up, pulling stuff out of all of the cabinets. There were people crawling all over our house. They ripped the carpet out of the floor, drug it outside, and laid it up over the car hoods for the sun to dry out. And it was all of the people that we went to church with. And church, right then and there, I was so glad that I didn't go to church online. I could go on and on and on countless times in our married life that members of our church did and helped us in situations that we were in and the church members were available to us. 
people that we went to church with and were in relationship with. Today, I want to say we're thrilled. We're thrilled to have thousands and thousands all over the country, as a matter of fact, across the world, joining us, listening to us right now online. And by you listening to us online, you are in fact growing. You are maturing. You're becoming a disciple. I want to encourage you online to keep listening to us. We just got the numbers from a service that we're a member of that sends us the numbers of our, our downloads and the people that are listening to us. And to date, to the date Friday, last Friday, through May, from January through May, we've had 480,352 people joining us on our Sunday morning service. That's almost a half a million people in church with us on Sunday morning. We're thrilled to have you. What's amazing is, in that printout, it said we have 25 different countries where people are joining us today on Sunday morning. We're glad to have you joining us. You keep listening because it'll help you grow. But here's what I want to tell you. You got to get in a local church that's close to where you live. And I want to remind all of those online that are going to church online. No person is perfect. No boss or job is perfect. The only reason you think this church is really good is because you don't know any of us. No church is perfect. And I just want to say one thing. Neither are you. Find a church that preaches a non-compromising word and you be there every single Sunday giving, supporting, helping, and serving the work of that ministry. Be available to be the church. Make your church in your area essential for the people that are there. The church is to play an essential part in your life. The church is to play an essential daily part of your life. Going to church is not just hearing a service online while you sit in your house. The church meets needs in life. It's taking your turn in the nursery. It's driving a van for the youth group. It's cooking in the church kitchen for the junior high weekend that's being held at your church. It's hosting a connect group in your home. It's encouraging someone that's sitting behind you in church today. It's praying for someone during worship time that the Holy Spirit draws you across the church and you go over and you just lay your hands on and you pray for somebody in church. Going to church is seeing a young couple. It's just starting out in life. And on the way out the door, you slip a $100 bill in their hand. Going to church, being a member of the church is taking somebody out to lunch after church. It's attending or teaching a Tuesday night Bible study in your church. It is attending or teaching a Saturday morning ministry in your church. It's babysitting. It's driving another church member to their doctor's appointment. It's helping drop off another church member's car at the mechanic shop while you give them a ride to work and pick them up after work and get them back while their car is fixed. I don't have time to talk about what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. Terry and I talk with people often that are not in church, that live in other states, and countless times it is said to me, Tim, who did you get to babysit? Who do you find to babysit for you just on a night? We hadn't had a date. My wife and I hadn't had a date in three years. Who do you get to babysit for you that you would trust to come and take care of kids? Well, 
What we do is we get a girl from our church to come and babysit for us. Tim, who do you get on Saturday when you need three or four boys to just come and help you move some furniture, take some stuff down, move some stuff, haul some stuff? I don't know any guys. I don't know where to get anybody. Who do you with? Well, we call our youth pastor and say, what three boys do you know needs to make some money on Saturday? Would you tell them I could use some help and I'll come and pick them up? Tim, we can't even leave town for a few days. I mean, we can't get away. We got dogs here that's got to be taken care of. We got plants that we've got to water. We can't just walk off and leave our house. We hadn't been out of town in three years. Who do you get that you would trust to come and house sit for you? Well, what we get is some young man or woman that's single in our church to come and stay in our home while we're gone. So I could go on and on and on. You have no idea of how a church functions until you become a committed member of a church and it's not watching this sermon online that will babysit for you whenever you have a need. If you in your personal life, why would you not get involved in a church? Why would you not be a regular, consistent, same church member that you're committed to? It teaches you. It instills more than I have time to talk about today. What that commitment would instill in you from visiting here and visiting there and flopping over here and flopping around here. Every Sunday, church attendance at the same church will teach consistency, will instill a stability, will instill a commitment, a work ethic. It will instill faithfulness. When you refuse to miss, and you're here on Sunday... Regardless of who said what or who did what, you refuse to miss. You are here on Sunday morning. How far can you fall away in six days? I mean, come on. How far off can you get in six days? Sunday quickly rolls around and you come in here. First thing God does is repent of your sorry attitude. I walk in here and I came here mad. I was mad. I've been mad since Thursday. (sighs) Forgive me. I got to get forgiveness. Then you just sit there and he washes you clean. Then next thing you know, you begin to worship him. You pay your tithe. You give your offering. Then you're taught the word. Your mind is renewed. And you walk out of here back on track and ready to go next week. I got it. You disagreed with last week's sermon. I can't tell you how many sermons I've disagreed with. And I preached them. Eating lunch on Sunday, I thought that was the sorriest I ever heard. You don't like the song selection, so you skip three or four weeks. Then you come once, and then you skip another couple of weeks, and then you were out of town, and then you went and visited some friends in their church, and then you sauntered back. Let me just tell you, it won't take very long, and you'll be somewhere where you never wanted to be. You'll find yourself mentally somewhere where you never intended on being. See, Sunday, every week, we come here, and you got to come and kneel at the altar. Well, it's hard to kneel at the altar when you're mad. And you just end up getting your priorities back right. You end up getting your focus back right. You get the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the anger out of your heart. And don't sit there looking all Sunday morning on me. You got mad this last week. And you're still a little mad about it now that you mention it. You got unforgiveness in your heart and you came in here. Don't act like you didn't. I'm the preacher and I do. I'm still mad about it. 
Well, during worship, God is just made big. My problem is just kind of made small. During the Word, the preaching of the Word shows you where you're wrong, shows you where you need to be, shows you what's right. And see, when you do this every seven days at the same place, you just can't get too far off in life. You just start drifting away. You get out and you get, you'll wake up and you'll be somewhere where you never intended on being in your life. There's no doubt about it. I can't remember the sermon a year ago this day. I can't remember the sermon a month ago this day. i just be honest with you. Probably most of us can't remember the sermon last week. Let me tell you something. I can't remember the meal that my wife cooked me a year ago today. I can't remember the meal my wife cooked for me a month ago. I can't remember the meal she cooked for me three days ago. But here's what I can stand here and tell you. Over the last 43 years, my same wife has cooked lots of meals for me, and I can't remember any of them. But I'm here today, well-fed, healthy, strong, energized, because the nutrients went in, and they did their work in me, and I stand here today because of all those meals that I can't remember that kept me well-fed and kept me healthy and kept me on track. I'm thrilled today. I'm thrilled to have close to a half a million people in 25 different countries joining us on social media. We welcome you and we pray God's blessings on you. You can learn by watching. You can learn by listening what we're doing in this church. But here's what I want you to know. A weekly commitment with your attendance, your physical attendance in a local church will hold you in your life. This podcast you're listening to is powerful today. We're doing some powerful things on our podcast. But it's your commitment and your consistency in a local church to the same church each week that will hold you through the difficult times in your life. And here's what you need to know. This podcast has no holding power in your life. It won't hold you. But a commitment to a church, an unending commitment to church will hold you with your feet in the word of where you need to be. There's an accountability by being committed to a church that we all need in our life. I don't stop off at some bar on my way home because everybody in this church knows the truck that I drive. And in five minutes, there'll be somebody drive by and see my truck sitting right there. And I need that. I don't check out at Walmart with a basket full of beer in my basket because I can just tell you, I've never been to Walmart yet that I didn't see some member of this church in there. And I need that. We need accountability. I need other people watching what I'm doing because it helps me, it empowers me, even in the weak times of my day, knowing people are watching me makes me do the right thing when my attitude is stinks right now and I don't want to do the right thing. Don't act like we don't live there. I could go on and on and on about examples of accountability that's provided by a commitment to a local church that's not provided when you go to church online. You get plugged into a solid, Bible-teaching, non-compromising word church, 
And you'll have accountability there that you need in life. Let's quickly talk about why is a church non-essential? Why is a church non-essential? Why can't we do our own thing? Let's just get our little group together and we'll have church in our home today. Well, we'll just have church. Why is a church non-essential in our life? The church has become a spectator sport in much of today's society. You know, we go to a football game with our buddies. We go to a basketball game with our buddies. We go to our church and we meet with some of our buddies at church. And we watch as a spectator what happens there. You ever notice how critical the fans in the stands are about the calls in a ball game? And it's amazing how fans who never studied the playbook, who never studied the opponent, who've never practiced life with the team, they don't even know the plays that are available to them as a team, but boy, they can scream and holler and gossip about what call should have been made. A spectator, a spectator. Without realizing it, many have allowed their church attendance to be a spectator position instead of a functioning member of a team called the body of Christ. We've just become a spectator at an event, criticize the decisions, never study the playbook, never study the opponent, and we don't know the plays that are available to us to stand against that opponent. I'm just asking, have you become a fan in the stands, criticizing the calls, or are you a functioning member of the body of Christ? Why has the church become non-essential? Four quick reasons. Number one, we've become a spectator event. Number two, the church is to be for me. I'm hearing this all the time. Well, I'm not fed. I'm just not being fed. What? What? You're not being... See, we are such a me, self-absorbed era in history. It's all about my spiritual goosebump. It's all about what I'm getting. The church is not meeting my needs. What about coming to a place that you came and got out of your car to give? You came and came in that door to fund the work that I see going on in this place. I came here to serve. I came here to lend my support. Just by me being here and in this seat, I support what's going on in this ministry. And I want everybody to know I'm here in support. I come here to worship I didn't come here to criticize. I come here to just close my eyes and worship. I came here to press through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment today. I came to see a need and to meet it before I leave. The church is non-essential become all about me and whether I am getting the goosebump that I need today. Come on, let's quit coming in here looking for a feeling and let's come in here looking for what am I supposed to do here today. Why is the church non-essential? Number three, our expectations. Our expectations. I hear it, you do too. We hear it all the time, all the time I hear this, what the church should have done. I can't believe that no one from my church, my question is when I hear that, you're a member of the church, you're from that church, why didn't you? Why didn't you call them? Well, Tim, the church should have. You're absolutely right. The church should have, and that would be you. That's exactly what you should have done. 
I've heard this countless times. I was sick. And no one from the church called to check on me. Let me just ask you a simple question. In the last two years, how many people have been sick in this church that you called to check on? I want the number of how many in this church that have been sick that you found out that were sick. I didn't even know you were sick. I couldn't check on you. I didn't know it. How many people in this church have been sick and you called to check on them? My grandmother died and no one called. No one sent flowers. No one sent a card. Nobody came in my time of hurt and need. Let me ask. In the last two years, how many loved ones have died in this church that you sent a card to, that you called, and that you ordered flowers and sent to their house? See, the church is non-essential because the members have expectations that other members do all of this for them, and they're not doing any of that for themselves. They're not doing any of that. See, when you are aware of nobody calling when somebody's sick, that's the Holy Spirit giving you that word. Now your full-time ministry is to find out who's sick and call and send cards and send flowers. So that's the Holy Spirit laying on your heart what to do. But instead, we read into that, the church didn't come to me and I'm not going to a church. Who, come on. The sick need a call. They need a prayer. That's what you do. When somebody loses a loved one, they need flowers. They need a card. That's what you do. See, many have expectations of the church, and they fail to see they are the church. Why didn't the church do? Why doesn't the church do? The church is you, and why aren't you? See, this era of history is somebody do for me, provide for me, give to me, with no thought of who do I give to. In the church, who am I serving? What am I providing? See, the church has become non-essential because all the members have expectations of what the church should be doing instead of seeing what needs to be done and doing it. Number four, church is non-essential because it's so cliquish. So cliquish. There's just so many cliques there. All people, 100% of all people are drawn to certain people. They're just drawn to certain people. I don't know what draws us. I don't know if it's interest or back. I don't know. A hundred percent of people are just more drawn to other. That doesn't mean I hate other people. That doesn't mean I'm looking down my nose at anybody else. I can love everybody, but I'm just drawn to this group of people. Everybody is like that. That's why I don't preach. Don't get in clicks. Don't get in clicks. Don't get in clicks. Here's the fact of it. You're going to be in a click, and I encourage you to click up. <laughs> Quit preaching against clicks, and you become a member of a click, and then y'all serve and do for other people. There's no sense in us talking about how our church is so clicky. Every place is clicky. Get in a click and get clicky. Find needs of other groups and other clicks, and then your click start meeting the needs of that click over there. See, that's what we are supposed to do as people. The church has just got to be essential, and you find people that you can connect with, and then you go and y'all do things together. Come on, doing our part, we're doing everything that we can in this church to make this church an essential church. When our church was 30 people, when our church was 50 or 60 people, we could do it different than we can do it now. 
But years ago, I had to quit announcing on Sunday morning a baby shower for a new mother in our church. Well, I had to quit announcing that. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I don't know why he can't announce that. I can tell you why I can't announce that. If I stand up here and talk about this young mother and how great she is and what a member she's been and she's having her first baby and I get everybody all excited about that and say, Monday night, Susie Q's house, you go to that baby shower. We're going to have 350 women at Susie Q's house. I can't announce that. Are you hearing me? I had to quit announcing. Billy Bob is in the hospital. Excuse me. For those of you from the north, southern people have two first names. Billy Bob, Billy Ray, Billy Joe. See, we got, southern people have two first names. Billy Bob is in the hospital today. Billy Bob is a great man in our church. Church, you need to be praying for him. We need to go up to that hospital. We need to pray for Bill. I can't announce that on Sunday morning. We'll have 400 people this afternoon in the hospital visiting. We'll have 300 women cooking a casserole for Billy Bob's family. We'll have 100 men show up with their lawnmowers to mow Billy Bob's lawn. I can't announce that in a church like this. I can't announce Betty Lou's car broke down. She needs someone this week to pick up her kid Monday afternoon after school. I'll have 275 people in pickup line to pick up Betty Lou's kid. I can't announce those things on Sunday morning. But those are things that need to be done. If we're going to be a church, they're going to have to be done. Now, here's our vision. How do we do those things that makes a church essential in people's lives? How do we give everybody in here a place to serve in the ministry? How do we do this? It's through our connect groups. Now, these things have been on hold for a little while lately, but we're gearing back up with our connect groups our connect groups, you were passed out a card as you came in today, and they have a general age on that connect group. Now, side note, time out, side note. Do not confuse. Everybody listen to me. Do not confuse connect group with our interest groups. Here later on, as we get into the summer, we're going to re-kick off our interest groups. You play golf? I want to play golf with some other people in our church. You play cards? I want to play cards with some other people in our church. I like to go shopping on Saturday morning. I want to go shopping with some other women in our church. Uh, Mama Kay wants to start in a painting art class for those that want to get together and paint and you come over to our house. See, these are interest groups, and they center around things that you like to do. My interest group, there's some of us in here that ride horses together. That's my interest group. Interest groups are not connect groups, okay? Has everybody got that? Our connect groups are designed to put you in relationship with other people that are in the same walk of life, or let me say the same season of life you are. And every 10 to 20 years, your life will go into a different season. You're in a different season. There is a season. Those that need baby showers are the ones that need to be giving baby showers for their friends who need baby showers. That's the group that does the baby showers. The group that has kids, they babysit for somebody else so y'all can have a night out. Then y'all babysit for us so we can have a night out. 
See, we connect with those who are potty training. And you can call, how are you potty training? Well, we're potty, how are you doing in your potty training? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In my season, I don't need a baby shower, and I don't need a conversation about potty training. I've been delivered. So glad I'm not in that season. But I sure need to get with a group and talk about arthritis. I need to talk about the first three steps out of your recliner when you've been sitting for a one-hour TV show. How do you get up? Now, four steps, I'm good. But those first three, how do you keep from falling? How do I, see, I need to talk about those things with people in my group. You got to understand. See, some of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Your season is coming. <laughs> see, our connect groups categorize us And I don't know any other way to do it. We can't write out a big, long description of a connect group, so we put an age on there. That age means absolutely nothing. As you look at that connect group, we're trying to describe a season of life. So if you're married and your wife is in one group and your husband is in another, we're not looking at that. Some of you may be older, but you still get up and go to work every day. You would more identify with this season of life. You find a group that is in the season of life you're in, and we connect with those people in our church, and we meet the needs of the people in our group. Those 25 to 35-year-old with young families, Kids all under 10 years old, they are in a season and they need to connect with people in that season of life to do the things that that group needs done. Young mothers, young fathers from our church on Saturday take their kids to the Gulf of Gorge down to the creek. They need a picnic. All the kids have a group of friends from their friend group at church and they all play in the creek down there and they spend Saturday afternoon picnicking. I don't want to have a church to get together at Gulf of Gorge, and I don't want to picnic with 15 children. I want to sit with some 55 to 65-year-olds. I want us to calmly talk about sugar levels, cholesterol levels, doctor's appointments, and I want to talk about the 7,000 different snake oils that you're selling to rub on my knee or my ankle or my elbow. And if you'll put a drop of this on your tongue, you won't have anything wrong with you. See, that's the group I want to talk with. We want this church to be essential. And we're doing all that we can to be the church and not be an event on Sunday morning that you go and spectate at. All of us. All of us. We want to do life together. People under the same word, in the same worship, and getting the same biblical worldview. We're in a dangerous time in history right now. Parents, it's dangerous to have your children playing with other kids whose parents and family don't share the same biblical worldview that you share. This is where 100% of the teenage problems result from is influences that are different than what you're trying to do. I want my children playing with other children that are all in Tory's Children's Church. That's who I want my children playing with. I want us with each other. I want my wife's best friends to be women in this church. 
That's who I want. Hearing the word, full of the word, because when she starts telling what a jerk her husband is, I want her friends to speak the word to her. I want them sharing what the Bible says that she's supposed to think. She's got to take her thoughts captive. I don't want a friend group that says, yeah, lead the bum. I don't want her having those friends. I want my friends to be people who will speak the word to me. That'll speak the word to me. That's why it's more important than ever before that we recreate, that we entertain, that we do life together as a member of the body of Christ. I'm just telling you, if you put me with a group every Friday night and every Saturday night, and I'm entertaining myself with people who don't have the biblical worldview that I have, you can just watch what'll happen. Write it down and watch what happens. We are social by nature. We're just social by nature. And I read years ago, it's very interesting, how exciting, how exciting would it be for somebody to give you, just give you a $100 million five-story 200-foot-long yacht. Can you even fathom that? A $100 million yacht. Just gave it to you. Hold on, hold on. There's just a stipulation. You can't tell anybody you have it. You can't take anybody on it with you. You can't take your wife, your kids, your friends, your family, nobody. Nobody can know you have it, and nobody can go on it with you. Now, how excited would you be to have that? It's not things, it's not stuff, it's people that we do life with, that we enjoy our stuff with. The first thing when I get a new horse, I want to show somebody what I got. See, we do life. The first thing you get when you get a new car, you get a new truck, you got to go over to somebody's house and you want to show them. See, you want to enjoy doing life with people. We, by nature, want to live and do and experience life with others. And now more so than any time before, we've got to do life with people with the same biblical worldview about children, about marriage, about sexual orientation, about finances, about entertainment. We've got to be connected with other people that have the same biblical worldview that we have. There's safety for you being a member of the body of Christ. We want to get organized today so that we can keep up with the needs of people in this church because we want to be an essential church in your life. These age groups don't mean anything. You find a season. They are just simply seasons of life. Nobody is going to ID you and check your age when you go to a connect group. It's just where you can serve and be a part of membership in this church. And it's where you can make yourself available to do things for people. If you put your email down on that list. I mean, you don't have to go to a meeting every week. I'm not signing up to go somewhere. Here's my email. Keep me posted. If there's somebody that has a car breakdown, I can go get them and take them and give them a drive. Just keep me posted. If there's somebody in the hospital, I'm more than willing to cook something and get over there to their house. See, if we just get the emails of people in your seat, put your information down just so you could, here, I'm available. 
I'll do whatever somebody needs me to do. I could go on and on and on about the daily ministry of the church that makes the church essential in people's life. Carrie and I have talked countless times about this over the years, and we both say there is no way I would ever want to be married and not be committed to a church, that I'd want to raise kids and not be committed to a church. There's no way that I would want to live life and not be committed to a church. I can't begin to tell you all the daily practical needs of living life that an essential church can make for you. I want to encourage you, quit moving around looking for a perfect church. Quit looking for perfect people and just get involved. Just get involved. Get involved. Be a member, a functioning member of Christ's body here on this earth. It's called an essential church. Our church is growing. It's amazing what's happening here. Our kids' ministry is bigger now than it's ever, ever been. Our youth group is now divided into two youth groups, a junior high group and a high school group. We, don't, we can't even have weekends the same anymore. We had to have a junior high weekend last month. We're having a high school weekend this month. Our school continues to advance. What a graduation that we just had. And I want to thank so many of you. I want to thank so, so many of you in this church. Your kids are raised and your kids are gone. But you've joined us. You've come here and you've joined this church. And really, if the truth be known, you've joined us in spite of our music. You've joined us in spite of our lights. You've joined us in spite of our sound. But you have a vision for this next generation and you are seeing this church is doing something about the next generation, and here's where I'm going to be, here's where I'm going to give, and here's what I'm going to fund. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All we're doing for the youth of today is because of so many members like you that are here supporting and funding this. We're grateful. Here's what I want you to know. This church will be an essential church. Y'all stand. Today we've got, as you came in, you saw all the tables in the foyer. We just invite you to sign up to be a part of a connect group. Uh, it's not a commitment that you've got to be somewhere working every night. Well, we get that. But we just want you to sign up, get on a list so you say, hey, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to serve. Our connect meetings, maybe once a month, get together, connect. Let's talk about where we are as a group, what we can do to help folks. What needs are they? I don't, want, I don't ever want somebody in this church being in the hospital and we don't have somebody there praying for them. I don't want ever, anybody in here to ever can't pay their month's rent and you're in trouble financially. I want our church to be able to know that. I don't, I don't want anybody in this church hungry. I don't want anybody ever in this church having a financial need and you're hungry. I, we want to be the church. But you have to be connected to a group for us to know these needs and for us to be the church. There's men in this church. There's women in this church that will come and help you. I'll come and help you. you got a need. I want to be there for you. And we want this church to be an essential church. Father, today, we thank you for the ministry that you have left for the body of Christ here on this earth. Lord, help us as a church do, be, and fulfill all of the needs that you have for the church to fulfill. God, direct us and guide us. Your Holy Spirit, 
lead us as we serve and give and be all that we're supposed to be as members of your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com. 